This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Market Scale Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the podcast. We appreciate you listening along. As you do so, make sure that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for a full catalog of previous conversations. And make sure you go to our website, marketscale.com slash industries for more information on all of our different industry verticals and a variety of content, including more podcasts, articles, videos, and more. So on today's podcast, we're getting a better understanding for how data analytics and more specifically, IoT solutions and the data derived from said solutions and how these tools can better provide businesses with a path for survival and growth during and post COVID. We're going to be getting insights from both Diversified and Sharp NEC Display Solutions America. So the long-term effects of COVID on the market are starting to settle in and compound with existing digital transformations, including the importance of strong data-led insights and actions to guide everything from product design and industrial efficiency to client relationships and employee workflows. So the main question we're looking to answer today is how should businesses choose not only their IoT solutions, but their partners as well to meet today's COVID-related workplace challenges, as well as long-term business goals. So here to give insights are Kelly Harlan, Analytics Platform Strategist at Sharp NEC Display Solutions America, and Stephen Jenkins, Senior Director of Intelligent Technology Solutions at Diversified. Kelly, we'll start with you. How are you doing this morning? Great. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure getting to chat today. And Stephen, how about you? How are things going on your end? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Good to hear. Looking forward to sourcing both of your insights today, breaking down this timely topic. So like I mentioned in the intro and uh, you know, basically the inescapable framing for most conversations nowadays is the COVID pandemic, which continues on here in the States and abroad. So can y'all give us some context on uh, which COVID changes you've found are most impacting workplaces today? And how is this intersecting with IoT technologies? Uh, yeah, you know, I'll start. I, I think what we found is, is how people are able to safely um, design and use their spaces for um, their customers or employees. And so having um, the ability to actually ensure a safe environment when people enter, being able to inform them of what's happening in the space, being informed to reinforce um, social distancing rules or masks, et cetera, and just being able to communicate that sense how many of these things are actually um, being adhered to, occupancy count, and it's it is really how do you manage your environment? And and it's anything from corporate to, to retail to um, any type of public venue. And and that's been a big challenge in, in messaging the entrance, et cetera, has been in a big one. Yeah, to all degree. I mean, basically everything that was a somewhat of a trend or an idea 
or a movement prior to COVID and you know radically accelerated. And a lot of that has to do with what COVID has done to the workplace. So, I mean, I think you can obviously see the trans uh, transition of, you know, much more collaboration. You have work mm-hmm. from home. And so people are, are re-evaluating uh, how do we use our real estate, right? What, what What's the long-term plan going to be? So there's a back-to-work initiative. Uh, and then there's a long-term kind of what, what are we going to do and what's business going to be like and what have we learned from this time under the pandemic. And so when you introduce IoT, into this space, right? In the short term, obviously there was a lot of uh, drive to say from a real estate perspective, say how many people in our conference room, do we have too many small conference rooms, too many large conference rooms? How many people are entering a space? Um, what, are, what are we doing from a hot desking perspective? And, but now you accelerate that to say, now we need to know exactly how many people are in a space due to social distancing guidelines. How far are they away from each other? How can we use data to figure out flows of traffic through spaces, whether it's a commercial uh, place or a retail space to really understand how can we navigate people through it safely and efficiently? But then long term, you had to think about how can we use this data to more effectively plan our real estate strategy of, of what we're doing and how we're doing it in certain places. And then, you know, again, you just have an overabundance of now of sensors to say, how can we measure temperature or, you know, contact tracing and things like that. So, you know, it, it really has accelerated this, which I think the long-term benefits of this is going to be uh, realized in the years to come. So it's exciting to see where it goes. You know, because it's been accelerated, you also have a number of um, partners and, and companies out there that are that have developed and, and are bringing to market cost-effective solutions and, and just a lot of variety of, of sensors to gain any data point you'd actually ever want, even if it's air quality, et cetera. So it really has accelerated and it's become more accessible. Yeah, you know, the other thing to that too is that I encourage people to really look at it holistically because mm-hmm. a lot of times you end up with a lot of very much point solutions, right? So like this solution achieves A, this solution achieves B and this one achieves C, but there's no interoperability or data sharing between that, right? And so if you can start to use API integrations or, or mm-hmm. other you know, development technologies, now you can take what is a mechanism for how many people are in this room to how many people are entering the building to who is doing a temperature swap to my physical security. You can start allowing and navigating through alerts or, you know, badge access readers to Mm -hmm. allowing or not allowing people to move throughout the space. So there's a lot of things you can do inside of an environment by by just looking at things holistically about how things interoperate together. And I think that's where you're really going to see the the value of this is being able to extract data and to helping you make intelligent decisions throughout the workplace, not just specifically for that point solution. Yeah, that's an important point is thinking more of strategy. We were approached very early on in COVID for really to your point point solutions like temperature scanning or occupancy management. And people are making investments in solutions that aren't long-term solutions. And so making sure you're spending your time and your money and resources strategically and partnering with partners that can actually grow those solutions. So they're not a one-off one-use solution. So Stephen, you mentioned that in a lot of ways, existing trends were accelerated or re-emphasized because of COVID. Can y'all break down uh, what some of those long-term digital transformations were that were already impacting several different workplaces uh, and different industries? And how are those compounding with said fresh COVID needs? Sure. So, I mean, I think you can start off with the collaboration story, right? So, People have had to adjust of how to be productive and collaborating and get that productivity out of their teams without being in the workplace, right? So that's something with 
the technologies, Teams, Zoom, WebEx, et cetera, that's out there. You know, people have taken to that. They've adopted it. They've maximized what they can do with it. And I think that's going to forever change the workplace, but they've done it in a, in a much faster pace. And they realize the question is going to be is how does that impact their back to work strategy long term? Again, how are they using space and collaborating? And then as people are coming back to the workplace, you know, you look at things that we were, you know, starting to really break through the idea of, of cameras in spaces, whether it was um, security surveillance cameras or whether it was video conferencing cameras, being able to do people count, mm-hmm. facial recognition and other things to understand where people were, uh, wayfinding technology that was using um, beaconing to allow people to navigate through a space. But you take that into this back to work and this this contact tracing uh, reality that we're in and we could be in for a while. Now, those things have been accelerated as well to say, how can I get a a better picture of how many people are in this space and how close are they together and and how are we using it? Because, again, financially, when people look at this and say, if I can do more things remotely and still maintain the productivity, which we have proven we can do, and I can realize a reduction in real estate by more efficiently using my space through having sensors and being able to predict how people are using the space, whether it's a conference room, it's a, a multi-purpose training room, or maybe it's just hot desking in general. Now I can use data from all these sensors that we've implemented from our back to work strategy to predict our real estate strategy moving forward, which is a cost savings realization for most industries moving forward. And that, that's going to be very important, I think, to, to look at and see long term. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, you mentioned uh, predictive predictive analytics and being able to use those, you know, I, your IoT um, network to actually gather those data points to predict when people are coming into spaces, how they're using spaces to feature plan for real estate, tie in collaboration in with other solutions. So the people that are at home, how do you tie in collaboration solutions to connect them with those people that are in the office and the tools that they have there? So there's just a lot that even as um, uh, Sharp NEC, now Sharp NEC, <laughs> from NEC Display Solutions, we've pivoted quite a bit to think about we were going through, we have good collaboration solutions. How do we actually expand our IoT strategy? Um, in that area to either take advantage of current hardware and IoT that's in place and providing the software solution that goes along with that um, or providing a full solution um, and leveraging some of the things they have internally, whether it's actually tying dashboarding into an existing dashboarding um, solution they already have using API integration. So it's thinking about how do you help the customer um, figure out the best solution, leveraging what they already have and how do you add to that and create something that um, provides the data they need and and is already utilizing internal solutions. And you can't forget artificial intelligence through all this as well. I mean, you know, that's that's something that that data science has has been proven for a while. That if you can gather this data and you can begin feeding mm-hmm. into AI engines, something that was already uh, very much being used in in other areas of the business, now you can start doing that again in in the IoT sensors that you're seeing. Um, in the space. And again, you, you open up a new realm of possibilities with that. And then the other thing too is, is, is contactless and touchless. So mm-hmm. things that may kind of been not even on the table originally or not a priority, now would become a priority, which again, where does this lead? But you think about the fact of like, maybe people would start looking at voice enabled stuff inside their space, you know, kind of like similar how you use Alexa at home, but you have Things like that, they're business grade, they're secure. Uh, people, you know, are open to saying, can I do things with with voice commands now inside 
the facility? Can I do things where it, it is using beaconing technology or other things to recognize or facial recognition to realize I walk into a space or I sit down at a desk or whatever I may do, and then the workstation or the conference room or whatever starts to know this is what my tasks are, this is how I use the space, and it kind of adapts to me, right? And so that's kind of when you see this long-term kind of what, what foundation we're laying is you start building the building blocks of if I have data points here, here, and here, and mm-hmm. I have artificial intelligence, and the business systems are kind of tied into this, you know, the possibilities become very endless. And, and that's, again, I think there's there's good that comes out of bad sometimes. And this has been a very, mm-hmm. you know, trying times, but there's a lot of good from a technology perspective that uh, I think people are, are starting to see where this could take them and, and what it could do. Yeah. And, and I would say one thing too, on the touch list, even from a gesturing standpoint, using AI um, for gestures. And and if there's noise issues and you can't use the voice commands, it can use gesturing. And, and those are things that we've been exploring as well, being able to use the left and right swipe and, and using gestures for um, touch screens or to control um, lights, et cetera. So I think there's so many things that you can bring to market that are, are, are coming out and, and you find those trusted partners that have that solution and that technology to help you solve your problems. There's a lot of really, again, cost-effective um, solutions that are, are touch, touchless, frictionless, and, and provide those data points that you can not only have the gesturing, but how many times did someone, um, you know, access that? Did they swipe like? Did they right? What were they using on your screen? So there's just there's so many things out there that you just need the right partners to help you bring it to market. As businesses approach strategizing for these digital transformations in their space. Do you have any tips on how they should differ strategies in the short term versus the long term? Do they coincide? Are they basically one in the same? Or do meeting COVID needs basically live in a different world than trying to set up IoT integrations for long-term business goals? What are y'all's thoughts? I always take the approach of uh, any investment uh, should be part of a long-term strategy when it can be recognized as such right so you know i think people have people originally and i say originally a few months back when they were really trying to approach this everybody was kind of in a frantic state of i need to put certain things in place whether it's temperature scanning or you know the occupancy sensing and the basic things that that regulate people or allow people to bring some people back to the office especially essential people who need to be in there right but I think now people's kind of taken a deep breath. They, they've done those things. And I would encourage people now to say, if we're going to do something, how does it, how does it get, begin become part of a bigger story, right? Things that you can invest in that could, you know, be there in the event that we have uh, some other medical situation in, in the future. Or maybe, again, it can be leveraged now, but it could also benefit you in other ways, you know, a year, two years, three years from now, as you look at how the technology could build on top of each other. And so you start kind of building a, using an agile mentality, right? You start thinking about, here's the path I want to go. Here's kind of the, the story we're building. And then we start putting these, these things in place. So whenever possible, do that. Now, there could be circumstances where you do need that, that quick fix solution. And then you make a decision based on that. But I just I, I don't encourage people to to do that blindly because you could make an investment, look up six months later and go, you know what, if I would have really thought through this, uh, I probably would have done that differently. Right. So it could play into a bigger strategy that we're doing now. And I think that's what's important. Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of building that technology foundation 
in looking at, again, what you already have existing that you need to actually be able to, to integrate with and tie into and leveraging what you might already have um, within your IT structure or within your um, IoT strategy. And then building out and researching a foundation, whether it's sensors or solution that can grow with you and thinking long-term strategy. What problem am I trying to solve right now? And where do I see some of the challenges I'm going to have in the future? Because some of these COVID challenges may be with us long term. And who's to say they wouldn't come back with some, unfortunately, some other pandemic. But I think those things could always be occupancy management and things like that will always be in play at, at certain points going forward. But I think thinking about what is the problems and challenges I see bringing my employees back to corporate or bringing customers back to retail and thinking about challenges potentially in your space and really spending time to think about that instead of just reacting. Um, we have a lot of customers that are have reacted and they have unfortunately have spent a lot of, of their, their budget on solutions that are, are very um, um, single faceted and, and are not going to deliver beyond um, a short COVID need. And so there are lots of ways you can find solutions that will grow with you and evolve and with IoT and being able to bring and add additional sensors is extremely important. So the flexibility and thinking long-term strategy and finding a solution that's, that's flexible that can grow with you. And they're definitely out there. You know, one of the things that came to mind there as she was talking through that is, is manageability, right? So you have to be able to manage it. Um, and that's important, right? So when you start looking at these, these solutions, if it's going to be with you for a while, you, you want it to be an ease of management, especially if you have a lot of different solutions going on. How do you bring all that together? And that's that's very important. You want you know you want data that that's visually you know represents something that can you know it's not just dump of data. You need to be able to see it, make actions off of it. You know if it is something that drives a um, a reaction or an action, that, that that's something that you know if you're it. it easily to modify to troubleshoot and, and we're seeing a lot of people who is is doing this as a managed service like they're saying hey mm -hmm. we would love to do this but we don't have the expertise internally to take this on and so you know clients have come to us and said hey how can we do this as a service how can we do this so that you know we consume it and and that's mm -hmm. how we're built and that's how we want to do we just want to consume it and we'll let you you know diversify as experts you manage it and you support it and then we just consume it, right? And, and that's what decisions need to be made is when you're putting this stuff in, it's how are you going to manage it long, short term and long term. And to your point too, it's having a goal for your data. And and as we you know built out ALP and ALP is our learning platform and, and it's still coming to market, but it's one that when we talk to customers, it was really um, challenging for them to get to the to point where they came up with what is my metric for success here? What problem am I trying to solve and how do I measure that? Um, and we would get a lot of, I want to know traffic or I want to know people count or I want to know who's using this conference room. But the question we would always say is, what do you want to do with that data? What problem are you trying to solve? And that's where the value comes in for the customer and for the company um, and the value they're going to get out of their data because data is extremely overwhelming and getting a big data dump of just numbers is extremely hard to go through and, and disseminate anything actionable. So, so really having a measurement for success for what you're trying to measure is extremely important. So some of the most interesting and innovative use cases for IoT data capture and analysis, at least in my opinion, is happening at the corporate level where IoT is being used not only for some of the more uh, familiar short-term uh, COVID spread mitigation, but also beyond that into another set of familiar IoT integrations like facilities management. And then even beyond that, to impact 
employee efficiency and uh, just create a more holistic work environment. So I'd like to actually spend a little bit of time unpacking some of the innovations there. Can y'all share anything that you've seen in that rather broad vertical of just (laughs) corporate integrations uh, where you've seen IoT data capture and analysis really stand out as a beneficial integration and solution? I would say that, you know, where we've heard the most success and worked with customers is um, really understanding, you know, occupancy in the conference rooms um, and how people are using the space and even air quality and understanding the air quality in the space. So even health of employees. That's been an interesting one that we were approached with was how do you understand the air quality in your space with all these challenges with sickness and wellness, et cetera, um, bringing that to corporate. And so you provide more of a holistic look for your employees. So you're making them safe in a lot of different ways, whether it's their health or, you know, space, their space utilization, et cetera. So it's really been the use of those camp conference rooms all the way down to the air quality. You know, this, it really starts tying into the smart building strategy mm-hmm. or smart campus strategy where you're getting little bits of data here and there, and it's really redefining the experience that you're providing your employees. Um, is also redefining how facilities is is managing the space to be energy efficient, to be you know more aware of uh, air quality things or or noise in in spaces, and then from a real estate and facilities planning perspective, how people are using the space. So not just that somebody is in a room or somebody's at a desk, but how are they using that desk? How are they how are they interacting with the technology around them? And right. so all of this can can kind of come together to create a, a new culture. It can rebrand yourself within, it can make you more efficient, it can be used as cost savings, uh, energy efficient, going green. All mm-hmm. these things can be tied in because each one of these data points is another piece to the overall puzzle that, that you are building to achieve whatever your your goals are, right? And so, you know, the goals are endless. People have a lot of different business mm-hmm. drivers. So it's always the the thing with, with technology. You can do really cool stuff, but if it doesn't impact your business in a meaningful way, and what I always say is like you have to find the intersection of business outcomes and mm-hmm. technology. And when, when you find that, that is where all this really becomes a reality. And so down to the level of of all these sensors that we've talked about thus far, that is what it's enabling is this smart kind of evolving, intelligent workplace that, again, could be something that you are, it adjusts to when me, Stephen, when I walk into a space, it can start knowing how I interact with that space, Mm -hmm. whether that's a conference room or a desk or whatever, it just becomes more intelligent and and it makes uh, your work even much easier. So that's what I would say. We've talked to um, different sensor manufacturers. As we come up with use cases from customers, we talk to them about their pain points. Um, it is amazing how quickly <laughs> a sensor or technology can be developed to address that pain point and gather that data point. So I, I, I would also um, tell people, don't be shy about the challenges that you think you have in your environment. Even if you think it's impossible, and there may not be a way to capture a data point. I think just having the discussion about your, your challenges is, is extremely um, beneficial. Um, because solutions are developing very rapidly and we're finding some of the things we thought would not be possible. We have a conversation with our you know, innovation partners and sensor partners and they either have it on the roadmap or they, they, they will vet it out for us to check it out and see if it's something that is possible. So I would say bring your challenges in <laughs> and don't be afraid to express your points because there potentially is a solution for you from an IRT perspective. Yeah, and, and one thing that can't be overlooked and we haven't talked about it a lot, we have, 
but in a, in not in a direct way, which is which is fire and safety, right? So a lot of that has been directed towards medical and COVID concerns. But when you have these sensors and and different IoT uh, technology throughout the environment and power over Ethernet, lighting and, and lights yeah. that can change colors, you can if you had a bad situation with an active shooter or if you had a fire breakout or you had anything like that in the space, all of a sudden now you're getting much more data points of where are there people still in the building? Which mm-hmm. way do people need to move? Can you adjust the light colors or the take over the digital signage or, or do something to quickly alert people which way they need to evacuate? Or you know, can you now start getting noise data from if there is an active shooter, where are they located? Yeah. Can now you get camera data. So these are all things that start building on to other use cases that can be greatly impactful to the quality of life inside the workplace and safety um, there. So, and this was an initiative, this was another initiative that was starting to really gain speed prior to COVID. And I think, again, you're going to see this reemerge as we start going back to the workplace and we start doing this stuff is, is how can we make the workplace safer for our employees, not just from a pandemic perspective, but from other risks that may be uh, there that that you have dealt with in the past. Yeah, that's a great point. Kelly, I know that you've been doing a lot of work recently in developing an analytics learning platform Mm -hmm. with Sharp NEC, which has given you some more specific insights into how these transformations and IoT needs are impacting integrators and the AV industry specifically. Any insights there that you care to share that intersect with uh, some of these other digital transformations or COVID-related needs we've been chatting about so far? You know, there, there's just been a lot of opportunity and innovation in that space that's made it, I think, really a lot easier for integrators to, to be a part of it and to talk to their customers about it and bring full solutions. And um, part of what we've been looking at is how do we make things easy to integrate and provide a, a menu of options from an IoT and data perspective that can actually help an integrator build out a customized solution for a customer. And running on different, um, different, you know, processes, the Raspberry Pi, or you know, we have our OPS. How do we provide different ways of providing the processing power, and and how do we do some things that are just at the edge and and don't require cloud consumption? So we we started looking at a, a lot of different options that that make it a lot more. Um, uh, friendlier to the integrator and a lot less cost effective for the customer. And so I, I would encourage um, you know integrators to, to really look at trusted partners and, and that are offered the full solutions and have partners within their solution that can bring this together for a customer. Because offering a menu of services and being able to provide a, a solution, an IoT solution that you can build off of, you can add sensors to, you can actually be um, the conduit and actually provide a service to build that dashboarding. So that is a, a way to bring a service to your company amount of service. We can actually build up the dashboarding through API integration from all these data sources. And there's just a lot that, that's out there. It can be intimidating. And what we've learned from the integrated world is that there is um, some education um, that we can provide as, as solution providers to really make those conversations easier because I think that there's a great opportunity to be able to bring those solutions at scale to, to market through a number of different verticals. Um, and it's a lot less complex than it was. And when actually we started out, Alp was, it is, is, it was a very complex tool and it's been simplified and it brings a lot of flexibility. So I would say that there's, there's a lot of opportunity and uh, don't shy away from it and, and definitely engage in conversations 
um, because analytics are more accessible and they're extremely important to businesses going forward. And I think it's going to be an absolute necessity for businesses to have some type of analytics solution to, to gather data and inform their business. You know, it's encouraging to hear that the, the training plan that, that's out there, right, and, and the materials because it, it is needed. So, you know, mm-hmm. diversified, you know, we're blessed with the fact that we we do have a very diverse portfolio with, you know, electronic security and audiovisual and and uh, digital media and IT and you know managed services. So we have that uh, core skill sets under roof, which we can bring together and kind of create these these complete solutions by working with our our partners. But you know, there's a lot of these skill sets that that are now required from an integrator mm-hmm. perspective that some of the traditional uh, sharp NEC channels may not have, right? And, and that's you know when you start talking about data analytics or mm-hmm. API integration or a Raspberry Pis and what you can do with that in a DevOps mm-hmm. program and you're you're building a DevOps, right? So you know the the manufacturers are producing a 85% solution, but then there's that top 15% of how do you tie it together with current business systems or current right. systems that are in place and, and really create that that mesh of, of technology. That's you know, this is going to be a, a big transformational period, and it is a big transformational period for a lot of the integrators out there in the traditional channels. And so I think it's going to be very uh, beneficial and, and required from the manufacturers to provide that enablement and that training and direction to say, hey, the, you know, parts of the business is changing and there's there's a market there and there's a need, but there's skill sets or, or knowledge or things like that that you, you know, we can help enable you to do. And so, you know, that's something I think everybody can benefit from. That's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. And that's definitely an initiative we're pushing forward with. And you'll see a lot more coming from the Sharp NEC side of the business. And um, we have a couple of things coming out that I think are going to be really good launching pads for that. And it's absolutely necessary. I, I spent some time talking to a number of integrators this fall. And a lot of feedback we got was, you know, we, we need to understand where our opportunity is. And we need to understand exactly what what's entailed in the solution and, and how do we do that? And and we need to make it easy for them to do that. All right, let's take all of these insights and try to ground them a little bit more to some specific actionable steps for our listening audience and businesses out there that are looking to take advantage of IoT integrations for short-term needs and long-term strategy. So just to start, how should businesses begin their search process for the right solutions in the first place? What should they understand about their needs before looking for a solution to meet said needs? It starts again, and I mentioned earlier with the business drivers, right? So understanding what it is that you're trying to achieve. And I I think a good starting point there is it's always brainstorming is the way I approach it. So if I'm me or anybody on my team, if we're consulting, and, and there may be opportunities where you feel like you need to bring in a consultant, and, and that's what you can do. But at the very foundational, you know, start thinking about what do we want to do with IoT, right? And I wouldn't even start with a technology. I would start with what are the things we're trying to solve for? And if that is, how do we safely bring people back into our building so that we know that they're, you know, they're not running a fever or we want to do contact tracing or we want to limit uh, how many people are in a space or we want to directionalize flow, I mean, whatever it is that you're trying to solve for, or if it's, if it's not COVID related and it's really about transforming how you are using your space or how you're interacting with your space, or you're just trying to 
really make it cool. And maybe you're trying to use it as a recruiting tool to say, we have this really awesome environment. You can work here. It's great. You know, these are all things that from a business perspective have to be your unique business drivers and outcomes and what you're trying to achieve. And then you, you put those ideas, those epics on the board and say, hey, this is where we're trying to get to. And then you may be able to come up with technology to do that, but that may also be the time where you engage uh, an integrator or you reach out to manufacturers or whatever uh, process that you normally go through and you start saying, hey, here's what we're trying to achieve. What technology is out there that allows us to get there and how can we build on it, right? And then what have we not thought of? And, and that's where having that subject matter expert really comes in. And doing that. And, and some companies may feel much more comfortable to say, we don't know what we don't know. We need you to help us. Right. And, and we do that, too. We do that a lot. But I think, you know, it has to be somebody, a key stakeholder identifying for our business. Right. This is what is the most impactful to us. And this is where we're trying to go. And this is what we're trying to either overcome, achieve or do. And that becomes our, our target. And then we start building to that target. And so that, that's where I would say start. I agree. And just even building off that, when you think about the partners as well, when you're looking at partners, is looking at partners that can actually provide a full solution and, and have partners within their network to, to bring that all the way through for you. And that are looking at innovation and, and, and our thought leaders, because I think when you look at what you're trying to solve to bring people back into your workspace or as, as you're bringing people back out to retail, you want to look short-term, mid-term, and then long-term as much as possible and engage with those companies that have um, that thought and a process and methodology to think about strategy and strategically. Um, because I think going through that and, and talking with those, those companies that have that mindset um, and have the resources is extremely important. I know as we build out um, our solutions business at Sharp NEC, um, we think about we want to be that trusted partner and we're aligning ourselves with partners like, you know, a diversified that can we know can bring um, things to fruition and, and help with the integration side and, and understand their products. And, and we also on our side are more consultative. And our, our process starts with very much educating um, ourselves about the customer's needs and then going forward and, and maybe me asking some more questions that might lead them out to, to tease out a little bit more strategically what they're thinking long term. So I think it really goes to it's really important to pick the right partner and, and ones that have the resources and the, and, the, and the relationships to help you build out something that's strategic, long term and beneficial. When starting this search process and integration process, how important is the right partner for achieving these integrations and then said analysis? Is it something that you see a lot of end users try to do themselves all in-house? Is a partner always the first option that most end users turn to? What's the dynamic you see there? It greatly depends. I mean, we, we see all of the above. I mean, we, we work with a lot of, of clients who are in the tech industry. And so they have a lot of means and, and very intelligent forward-thinking people who are well-read and, and, and been studying this stuff for quite a while. And so they can very much, you know, lay the groundwork, right? We have the clients who, what can you not Google today, right? So you can get out there and you can, you can very much say, I know what I need to do. Let me see what sensors or what I can find online. I'll, I'll get my, my base knowledge together and then I'll take it to my integrator and say, hey, Here's what we're trying to do. I've been looking at this, this, and this, and, and this is what we're looking at. What do you think? 
uh, let's work together. Are these the right solutions? Can can you recommend something different? Are there pitfalls, et cetera? And then we have those clients who who very much just who come to us as a trusted partner and say, look, Diversified, we know we got to do something. Um, this is really outside of our wheelhouse. We need help. And that's where we start really from the ground up working with them and, and starting with let's identify where you want to go and let's figure out the path to get there. And that's where that design, build, manage really comes in, right? How to design it, let's build it, and let's figure out how you manage it long term. You know, one of the other things, too, that, that we, we try to keep in mind is that, you know, is the cybersecurity aspect of this, too, mm-hmm. of helping our, our customers overcome. Some have a fear, right, of saying, hey, I can't put this on the network. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't let this have any type of network access. And it's like, well... You know, let's let's talk about that. We got to weigh the pros and cons here. Let's talk about how we can secure these IoT solutions. How can we segment it? How can we put in micro segmentation if we need to? How can we make sure that it's not a vulnerability into your space? You know, are you going cloud? Are you not going cloud? You know, these are all things that that we have to make sure that it kind of underpins and is the is the glue across the board because you know if you if you can't secure it, you don't want to introduce a vulnerability. The risk isn't worth the reward. So mm-hmm. we help consult through that as well, right? We help them overcome maybe internal challenges or barriers that may prevent them from getting, because it could be a line of businesses pushing for this, right? It might not necessarily be from IT that's pushing from it. So mm-hmm. we help them overcome those barriers. Uh, so it, it's really all over the place, right? It depends on who is the stakeholder, what is their knowledge set, and how do they do things, Right. How lean is their staff versus, you know, they might have a very robust staff and they can take these projects on and get it to the get it to the 10 yard line and then pass it off. So we we see a mixed bag for sure. Yeah. And I would say from the Sharp NEC side, you know, we've been a display manufacturer and we haven't had a lot of, you know, IoT solutions. So as we get into that business, a lot of our customers are coming and saying, I have this display and I also would like to be able to provide an IoT element to it. What can you do? We have and the analyst learning platform. We have really strong partners that can bring SOC, et cetera. So we're looking at different ways that we can actually provide those full solutions and we're building that out. And I would say that the trusted partner thing is is huge. And we think about privacy as well. So we think about IRC, IoT. We think about privacy. And um, we especially learned with Alp whenever you're gathering data about people in an environment and they see a camera or they see they understand there's any type of sensor tracking their movement is making sure that the privacy side of the business is, is well maintained and we um, are educating um, customers on on what what data is being collected and how they talk to their team about it so if you're doing facial recognition you have to have an opt-in so just really educating them about the different pieces of the privacy that go along with an IOT um, sensor strategy and different states have different laws etc but that's part of what we've uh, we have a strong base in working through the outside of it. So I would think privacy is also something else to consider. Culture is a big deal too, because some cultures are more open to a certain level of sensing, if you will, right? Um, Where other cultures are very much like, no, I don't want anything knowing where I am or knowing if I'm moving or listening to me and and voice recognition and stuff like that, right? So culture plays a big role into that too. and, And we're very much sensitive to that. So uh, there's a lot of dynamics that uh, mm-hmm. change, but again, a good partner is really going to be there. They're going to have experience dealing with uh, different industries, the different cultures, and really being able to embrace that and help you through it. Because if you're cloud first, if you're not cloud first, if you're very open to new innovation, or if you're much more reserved, we can help you through that and, and pick products or 
or partners or, or vendors that, that align to that. And I think also thinking about the different challenges of the different verticals and, and the different business businesses is important. And as we look at partners, well, just we partner with partners that understand those verticals very strongly. If it's outside of what NEC, Sharp NEC is doing, we are making sure, you know, partnering with those people that are, have their thumb on the pulse of the, those businesses and, and they understand them and they could be a trusted partner for us to help um, with those conversations as well. All right, Kelly, Stephen, that basically wraps up our conversation for the day. I've got one last question here for you before we close. What are some final tips that you can give to businesses? So as they approach their integrations, they're thinking about them strategically versus in a reactionary way, especially when these investments can be you know, high on the price tag and especially in the context of COVID. I would say really when you're thinking about it, you know, think about the flexibility of the solution that you're choosing and thinking about, I know it's overwhelming to think long-term and what you're going to need in 12 months, but really thinking about those challenges that you're going to face and when you have your your employees back at work or people are coming into your space, what's next? What other challenges do you see that you're going to have? And and just really being clear about identifying those pain points and and in, in thinking about those before you engage a partner to bring solutions and really strongly understanding that um, the spaces that you're you're thinking about the technology you already have in place you know are there do you already have a dashboarding tool that you like somebody to be able to actually you know gather all that data and port it into your dashboard and think about the things that you have already in place that you like to leverage from a technology perspective and ask those questions with a partner, see if that's something they could use as well instead of starting all over and investing in new systems. So really flexibility, you know, understanding your pain points and, and seeing what you can use from your existing technology um, infrastructure. And as much as possible, think about future. What other space may you want to be opening up and thinking about what you might be doing with your spaces in the future. If it's smaller offices, you know, what do those spaces look like? And even be able to prepare to have that conversation will help, I think, spark some ideas from the partners that you're working with and, and finding trusted partners that can deliver solutions and have the right relationships and understand the market and are continuing to evolve and, and, and innovate. Absolutely. Spot on, I think, across the board. And, and the big thing to me is, is really don't stop at the, the short-term vision of what you're looking at right now, right? So I always say, you know, design to your dreams and then phase to your budget, right? So mm-hmm. when you do that, you, you think about, hey, let's let's get everything out there of what we might want to achieve. Uh, let's do it. We know we might not have the budget for all this, right? But you never know what these other initiatives that or this bigger plan or bigger story might impact a short-term decision, right? And so if, if we don't know the entire architectural design of what you're trying to achieve, there may be variables in that that lead us down a different path early on that we would have taken a different path, right? Because, you know, there's an integration there that we didn't look at or there's a building block there that or a feature add-on that we can just turn on with a software license that we didn't realize that you were looking for later on. Or, mm-hmm. you know, we could program things or, or do development work with plugins for later additions and, and things like that, that really, if, if you narrow your thought process to just what we're doing right now, it doesn't open yourself up to take advantage of a long-term strategy. And so that's what I really encourage people to do is, is to start with dreaming big and then Mm kind of come back to phases, right? And maybe you never make it through with the entire dream, but at least you have put in place a plan that now you can phase to it and using an agile type mentality, 
you know, in a year you might adjust course a little bit, but you still, it's kind of just an iterative process, right? You're, you're continuously evolving and, and adding to as you learn and as you grow and as you continue down that path. And so that's, that's super important, I think. Otherwise, I'll see people get stuck in a place where they, they buy something based on just this short-term goal and they realize they just created a, one more island inside their technology environment. And that's not mm-hmm. what you're wanting to do. And so we'll just think big, think long term and then come back and, and adjust to your budget and, and what you need to do and what's your highest priority. Well said, I agree. And that does it for our conversation on the Market Scale Technology Podcast today. Thank you again to our two guests, Kelly Harlan, Analytics Platform Strategist at Sharp NEC Display Solutions America, and Stephen Jenkins, Senior Director of Intelligent Technology Solutions at Diversified. Kelly, thanks again. And if folks want to find out more about some of the work that Sharp NEC is doing in this space, how can they learn more or get in touch? Um, they can actually go to our, obviously our website, sharpnecdisplays.com, and then um, they can actually email me if they'd like. <laughs> yeah, kharlan at, at sharpnecdisplays.com. Love it. And Stephen, same question to you. If folks want to find out more about how Diversified is working in this space and some of the uh, solutions that you're providing, how can they get in touch or learn more? Yes, they can go to our website. It's uh, diversifiedus.com. There's a lot of information out there. Uh, They can also reach out to me directly, sjenkins at diversifiedus.com. We'd be glad to help you out and uh, assist you in any way possible. Sounds great. Kelly, Stephen, thank you again so much. Looking forward to chatting again soon. Thanks. It was a pleasure. Thank you as well. Have a great day. And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure you're going to marketscale.com slash industries, as well as subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. 